Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. Season 7, episode number 1. It has been a minute since I've done a podcast. I believe it's been about five or six months, but I'm back. Um, I it, I was kind of caught in between whether or not I wanted to to, to restart my podcast episodes, and yeah, I got a lot of things going on, but... I just decided to go ahead and, and and come back and do some more episodes because I felt like I had some things to say and some things I wanted to talk about, some things I wanted to discuss about skill development and what's going on in the skill development space. So I decided to come back. And so uh, starting a brand new season, um, if you've never heard my podcast episodes before and this is your first time listening, thank you. I appreciate you listening. Um in my past six episodes, I've interviewed coaches. We've talked about everything from on-court skills to uh, community situations and, and all these different stuff. So this year, I'm, or this season, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach. There are so many resources for coaches that's looking for information on, you know, how to teach shooting, footwork, ball handling, um, you know, how to teach certain things, whether it's positions or or you know, um, you know how to do decision making or a number of different things when you think about skill development. And, and I may still get into that some, but I think we're going to look at skill development as a whole and ways that it can improve. Um, I think there's a lot of a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of misunderstanding. There's some really good things about skill development. There's some really bad things about skill development. And I kind of want to give my take on that and open up some some conversation and have some dialogue on it. And I may bring on some different guests to talk about these different topics. Um, but for the most part, you're going to be hearing from me. So, um, again, if this is your first time, I appreciate you. If you are returning, if you have heard my podcast before and you come back to listen to my episodes, I am greatly, greatly, greatly appreciative of you. Every Anytime somebody takes some time out of there, uh, their busy schedule to listen to me talk or hear what I have to say about skill development is very humbling. So uh, before we get into the show, I want to let y'all know, be sure to follow me on social media, on Twitter at NBNBball, also on Instagram at NBNBball. Uh, also, you can follow the SDP podcast on Twitter. It's SDP underscore podcast on Twitter. Um, also, visit my website, tjonesfirm.com. If you have anything that has to do with consulting, with skill development, I have some um, some great things I'm going to be doing uh, in the spring of next year. So uh, be sure to visit my website, tjonesfirm.com. If you have any questions, you need to contact with me, info at tjonesfirm.com. Specifically, if you want to do get into some type of consulting, some type of workshop, anything like that that's, that's skill development-based, um, and then the last thing is just be sure to share my podcast with your circle of influence. If if you appreciate or if, uh, I appreciate you, but if you like what I do or if you like what I'm saying or what I'm talking about, be sure to share with your circle of influence. Tweet, retweet, share, subscribe to the podcast because um, as you know, it's available on all so on all podcast platforms. And also give me a five star rating. I really appreciate. If you gave me a five star rating. So let's jump right on into this thing. Um, I was I was listening to 
a uh, a podcast the other day, and uh, it was four individuals. Uh, one individual that I know for sure, Mark Williams, out of New York with Team Footprints, and he was he was on a podcast with uh, Mark Edwards, Olin Simplis, and uh, oh, the other guy's name. I, I'm sorry, I forget his name. I think his name is Dion. And so uh, we just and actually the guy's name I, I forget. We just connected on social media. So if you, I apologize, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Uh, but they they were they had an excellent excellent conversation on skill development. I mean, they talked about everything uh, for as trainers and and their philosophies and what they 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 think about where skill development is going and and talked about the parents and the kids and professional athletes and all these different things they had, even though they talked about a broad number of things, uh, each of those things that they talked about is a topic in itself. And so that really kind of made me like, you know, I need to get back to doing my podcast. So I appreciate those guys. And I know Mark Williams. uh, I've known him for a while. The other three guys um, I've never met before, but I got the utmost respect for all, all four of them. Uh, they all do a great job uh, when it comes to skill development. And so I got the thing in the day. I said, well, let's talk about having multiple trainers. There are a lot of kids and parents out there that take their kids to multiple trainers. Uh, so I want to discuss why, you know, why that is. Why, why would you take your kid to multiple trainers? Um. What are some things to be aware of? And when is it best to have multiple trainers? Okay, Is there a time to have multiple trainers? What are some dangers or some pitfalls of having multiple trainers? And what are some things you should know about having multiple trainers? So let's get on into it. Um, So talking about having multiple trainers, I, for one, have never really been a big fan of kids going to multiple trainers. Um, but I think once I get done with this conversation, you'll kind of understand where I where I stand and why I stand on that on that point. Um, so let's talk about why, why a parent would have multiple tra- multiple trainers. Well, number one, they may not be able to afford their first choice, right? The the trainer of their choice. So they may have a trainer they really enjoy. And, and I get it. I understand, you know, training can be expensive because, you know, you're paying for someone's time and expertise and you can't really put a, a dollar value on someone's time and expertise. Right. So if it's an individual training session, I know that there are trainers out there that's, that charge, you know, a couple of hundred dollars an hour to to for you to be with them in a one on one setting. Now, in a group setting, it may be a fourth of that price. It may be a fifth of that price. But if you want them in a one-on-one setting for that one hour, they may charge you $150 to $200 an hour. Um, so they may not be able to afford to see that trainer on, on a consistent basis. So this trainer may charge, let's just say, $100 an hour. And they may can only afford to bring their kid or their child to a trainer once or twice a month. So they have another trainer that they go to 
multiple times throughout the month or multiple times throughout the week. Uh, and also, let me backtrack. This conversation is on youth players. I'm not talking about professional players. I'm not talking about NBA players. I know you see that all the time, NBA guys or WNBA players. They may be in L.A. training with somebody. Then you'll see them in New York training with somebody. And then they'll be in Chicago with somebody. That's a little bit of a different scenario. I won't get into that. Uh, but this is for youth players. This is for your average elementary into middle school, into high school basketball player. So a parent may not be able to afford the trainer of their choice or the first trainer that, or, or someone that they really want their child to go to. They can't afford it. So I can't afford to pay $100 a session or even if you buy a package and they say, oh, it's $80 a session or $90. Some people can't afford that. So they go out and they get another trainer. I get that, okay? Um, they might decide to have their kid trained with multiple trainers because one of those trainers specialize in a specific area. So that area could be shooting. It could be ball handling. It could be positions. You know, they play a certain position, so um, they may specialize in a certain age group, right? So a parent may say, um, oh, I'm using multiple trainers because I have my kid go to this person for this reason and they do all these different things, but I use this person this person specifically for shooting. They don't work on a bunch of dribbling. They don't work on moves. They work on shooting. Or I take my kid to this person because they do great at ball handling. So we go in and it's 30-minute sessions and we just work on ball handling. So they may have that as a reason. So a parent may not be able to afford the trainer to be able to go on a consistent basis. And it may take their kid to another to multiple trainers because one of them may specialize in a certain area. So you do have some coaches out there that they only like to work with with bigs, with post players. Some may only like to work with point guards. Some may only specialize in shooting so they could specialize in a particular area. Number three, um, a parent may have limited access to a trainer and and financially finances are not they don't weigh heavily in this. It's not a factor, but they had limited access. So where I live, um, I'm in I'm in a town called Conway, which is, you know, about 20 minutes north of the state capital of Little Rock. And north of me, there's a lot of small towns. So Arkansas is a rural state. We have you know, metropolitan areas and cities, but majority of the towns in Arkansas are rural. So they're real small communities. And so um, I may have people 35, 40, 45 minutes, even up to an hour travel to me to uh, work with me. Now, since they're having to travel, they have limited access to me, right? So they may want to come to me two or three times a week, but they may be only able to come once a week or two to three times a month. So they know that their child still may need to be in the gym, so they may go to somebody else a couple of times during the week or once a week. So their child is, you know, we go to Coach TJ once a week or we try to get to Coach TJ once a week, but we got this person over here that we can go to, you know, once or twice a week. Um, so, 
and and going back to um my first point, this kind of just popped in my head, may not be able to afford, it could be that this other person is cheaper. And that's a whole nother conversation in itself. Um, but they may not have access to the trainer that they want wanted to to really work with. So um limited access could be one. Number four, uh some parents are real big on their kid hearing a different voice. And you got to be real careful with this. And we're going to get into this in a little bit more this uh, because this could be a pitfall. This could be a danger. Um, they want them to hear a different voice. So if you have a kid that's been working with, with a trainer for an extended period of time, uh, they're used to hearing their voice. And then you have someone else that's fresh, that's different. Um, they may take what they say differently. So you can have them hear a different voice. Um, and then the, another reason, and this is the last one on this, why a parent may have a kid uh, have multiple trainers or why a trainer or why a player may decide to have multiple trainers is because of different type of training. I, I, I believe you have your teachers and your developers. Then you have your workout guys, your maintenance guys, your rebounders. Um, and then you have your specialty people, right? Those those are pretty much the three different types of workouts that you can have. So you can have your, your coach or trainer that really, they try to teach and develop and instruct. Then you have your people that are more like a maintenance guy. I'm going to run you through a bunch of drills. I'm not going to teach you a whole lot. I'm not going to give you all the details but I'm going to I'm going to run you through some drills we're going or we're going to get up a bunch of shots um we're going to work on your threes um you know so you may have those type of coaches and trainers and then you may have those that just specialize so you got different types of training so those are five areas why or five reasons why someone may actually uh have multiple trainers so why would someone have multiple trainers? Number one, it could be they may not be able to afford, you know, their first choice for a trainer. Number two, one might specialize in the area. They want someone that specializes in shooting or ball handling or, or, or your child may play a certain position. Number three, they may have limited access to a trainer. They live out of town and they can't get to the trainer of their choice. Uh, number four, they might want their child to hear a different voice. They want them to hear maybe the same thing but in a different way or in a different language. And then number five, they want a different type of training. You know, the training they go to may be a, more of a maintenance guy or, or a workout guy, and then they want someone to do more, a little more teaching and developing, or they may want, to go, want them to go to someone that specializes in what they're, in what they're doing. So um, that's, that's a few of the reasons why you may, you may have a, a certain... Uh, you may have your have your kid lit or go to multiple trainers. Okay, so what are some pitfalls? What are some pitfalls? What are some dangers of having multiple trainers? Well, some things you may need to be aware of. You could get your child or your player could receive contradicting information. Okay, so one thing that I try to be real careful of is. Like when it comes to shooting, right? So there are so many different ways to teach shooting. There are so many different ways to teach, you know, ball handling or 
penetrating or passing and you know it's more than one way but you don't want it to to be contradicting so what i mean by that is um it doesn't matter how another trainer uh their philosophy on on how to teach shooting whether 10 toes to the rim whether you're at an angle whether you dip the ball or don't dip the ball typically uh and you and y'all have heard me say this before Typically, you got to be on balance. You got to have good lift, good arc, um, and you got to end with a good follow through. Right. But if we look at shooting, doesn't matter how we how we teach shooting, you know, our our methods, our theories, uh, because we've seen good shooters do all of that. We've seen good shooters dip. We've seen good, good shooters jump straight up, straight down. We've seen good, uh, good shooters Turn to the side. We've seen good shooters with their feet towards the rim. We've seen good shooters um, fade away. Like we've seen all that, but majority of those, all those shooters, to be a good shooter, they're on balance, and they have a good follow through. And then some of the things in the middle is a little bit different. So, but anyway, um, contradicting information. So you may have a coach that teach shooting a certain way. And tell the player that this, oh, this is not important. But then they go to another coach and they say, oh, no, that is important. So now your child is confused. They don't know who to listen to. They don't know what advice to take and they don't know what to do. So now you have a player that's confused because they go to one coach, they're told one thing and they go to another coach and they're told something different. So you have to be very careful when you are doing something like this, if you if you have your child going to multiple multiple coaches, multiple trainers, you got to make sure they don't receive contradicting information. Um, that contradicting information can come from learning how to do a skill, or it could come from learning or just uh, learning how to play the game, right? So um, you know that other coach may be teaching them, oh no no no, you you got to be a point guard, you got to have the ball in your hands, you got to do this, you got to do that. Um, but then the other trainer may be saying, uh, yeah, but you know, you gotta be able to play without the ball and we're going to spend more time with you off the ball. And so you just gotta be careful with the information that your child receives. Um, another thing to be aware of creation of habits. There are certain habits that you don't want your child to, to develop, um, if they're going to multiple trainers, because you know, <laughs> this is not necessarily a habit, but this is something to be aware of. I had a I had a kid. Actually, I still work with this player to this day. They were in about fifth grade, sixth grade. Uh, they were fifth grade. And they would come to me and we would do our one day a week, private, individual development type training. And I'm spending time and time and time with this child in practice telling them it's okay to make a mistake. It's, it's okay to mess up. I don't care if you lose control of the ball. But then they would, their team was required, or not really required, but they were encouraged to come to do some training at this gym that they were working out of. And the guy that was doing their training would just belittle them when they made a mistake. You got to be dumb. How can you not dribble the back? And just crazy stuff, you know, just fussing at them every time they lost control of the ball, you know, fussing at them if they didn't do the drill right. And so now... Every time, because we would practice on Friday. 
me and this girl, we would practice on Friday, would get that worked out. Then she would go to that practice on Wednesday and then it would creep back in. So I was telling mom, like I was trying not to step on anybody's toes. I didn't want to, I didn't want a bad talk. I try not to bad talk another trainer, but I told mom, I was like, look, if you want her to get to where you want her to go, she got to stop going over there. I don't have any problems with the drills that they're doing, but the, but the information that they're, that she is receiving about not making a mistake and you can't mess up and getting mad and making them run and do push-ups, punishing them for mistakes. I said, that's not what we're trying to do. She has to understand in order to get better, she's going to make mistakes and that's part of the process. So, you know, the creation of habit, and, and that's not really a habit. That's receiving some bad information, but she was starting to get in that mode of, I can't make a mistake. I can't go full speed because if I go full speed, I might make a mistake and then I might, I might have a punishment. And I kept telling her, hey, go faster. It's okay. It's okay. And so I would spend 20, 30 minutes of our training session to get her to understand that. And then she would understand. And I had a nephew go through the same thing. Um, he was younger. He was probably about third, fourth grade. And he was going through the same thing. Oh, I don't want to go fast because if I mess up, like if I mess up in practice, we have to do push-ups. It's just, just dumb. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, uh, the creation of habits. Um, another thing to be aware of, they can have a different vision of developing your child, your player, a different vision. Oh, you've got to be able to do this and this and this and this. Uh, but then another trainer may say, oh, you got to be able to do this, this. So you, you got to make sure that you are really protective of your kid, of your player, if you are really trying to help them. Not all trainers are the same. And I'm not saying that, you know, you have different visions of developing a player and, and one trainer is, is deliberately trying to hurt them or that they just don't know what they're talking about. But when you have two different people that's trying to help someone and they're, on the, and they're not on the same page, one is trying to go to the left and the other one is trying to go to the right and you want them to go down the middle, that kid is going to be torn. They're not going to know where to go or which direction to take. So you, you got to be really careful with that um, so they can have different visions of developing the player. Um, I see this a lot. Right. With, with school coaches, school coaches would take a player that's six two in Arkansas at some schools, you know, is real small. So they may have a six two player and they make them a post player. And it's out of necessity, but they're a post player. But this kid has uh, dreams of playing in college. Well, at the division one level, you're a point guard. Right. You're a point guard. At the division two level. You could play the one, two, or the three. At some of the smaller Division two schools, or Division one schools, you could play either guard spot. Maybe even go if the team wanted to go really small. You know, you might can slide over to the to the wing. You'd be on the wing. So it just it just kind of depends. So you have to understand the, the vision of developing the player. All right, so I'm getting through this real quick. So again, things to be aware of. Things to be aware of, if. You are taking your kid, things to be aware of, you are taking your kid to multiple trainers. Number one, contradicting information. One coach may teach how to shoot one way, 
One may teach in a different way, but they're not sending the same message. It's contradicting, okay? Or contradicting in how to play the game. So that's something you want to be aware of. Number two, the creation of habits, right? So um, again, this is a lot like receiving a message, but the habits could be, they could be developing habits that's not good for their development or their game. And then number three, a different vision of developing the player. Um, trainer one may have the vision of trying to develop them to get them to do this. Trainer two may have the vision of them developing and doing that. And then as a parent, you may have them trying to go in a totally different direction. So you got to be aware of those three things. All right. So the last thing that I have, when is the best time to have multiple trainers? Is there a best time to have multiple trainers? Some people would say no, uh, but I, I, would, I would say this. Someone like myself, I don't have a team of trainers. I don't have four, five, six other coaches that are training, and I don't have interns. I don't have, I don't have any of that. I'm a, I'm a one-man show. I'm a one-man band. Um, it has its pros and cons. But I do believe if you are going to have multiple trainers work with your child, the best way to go about doing that is this. If you go to hire uh, XYZ basketball training company to work with your child, and let's say they have three different coaches, and you go in and, and, and you try it out and your child uh, or your player is like, okay, I like coach. I like coach so-and-so. And coach so-and-so tells you, okay, this is what we do. Um, we work with the kids. We take notes on them. We put them into the system. And um, you can schedule a training session with any of us. And when you schedule a training session with any of our trainers, they can go online, they can read the notes, and they'll know exactly what we worked on on the last session. And they can pick up right from there. Because we all understand our curriculum. We all understand what it is that we're trying to do. And they can pick right up. They can pick right up. Uh, you'll hear the same verbiage. You'll hear the same terminology. They'll know what uh, the plan is for you and what it is that, that we're trying to work on. In that situation, that will work. I think that will work. But if you go to someone that is <clears throat> training and it's a uh, just an individual, and then you decide, you know, you go to that coach on Monday, and then you decide to go over this coach uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday, and they don't know what y'all did on Monday, but they're working on stuff over here on Wednesday or Thursday, and they're telling you something that's different than what the coach told you, that's going to be a problem. It really is. That's going to be a problem. Um, a lot of times, parents go to, go to different coaches because um, they, they don't trust the process, and they got to understand that every kid develops differently. So you may have a kid that's not developing quite as fast as, as other, other players, or a player may just – Someone they know may be doing really well and they're going to a different trainer and then they think, oh, I'm going to go over here to this trainer. And, and you're not going to get the same result. Everybody is different. But uh, I think that's the best way if you're, going to, if you're going to have multiple trainers, that's the best way to make it work. 
So, you know, going back to my friend Mark, uh, Mark Williams, I was talking about with Team Footprints, he has different trainers. So I think that if a parent came to him, and I don't know this, <laughs> I've never even thought, I never even spoken to him about this, but I'm sure from having our conversations uh, that this has happened before. If someone came to him and said, hey, I want to get with you, uh, and he said, hey, I, I can't do it, but so-and-so can be there. I'm sure they have a conversation about, hey, this is what we've been working on. This is what we're doing. Um, this is what they need to do. And then that person makes sure that they do it. And I'm sure that they have very similar uh, verbiage and, and terminology and, and things of that nature. So I, I, just, I just think that's, that's really important. Now, I will say this. If, if, if you can't do that, you have to make sure that you understand that all training is not equal. All training is not equal. It is not the same. It is not the same. If you are going to a coach for individual training and you're going to another coach that is doing a big group where they got 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 kids, that is not the same. You And I want everybody to understand that is not the same. That individual coach is going to charge you more. You're not going to get that same instruction in a group. It's not going to happen. It's not. If you're in that big group and you're not shooting the ball correctly and it's just one coach, if you're not shooting the ball correctly, your footwork is off, they may stop you and give you some quick bullet point feedback, but it's not going to be the detailed feedback. They can't pull you to the side and say, all right, let's break this down. They're going to tell you on the fly. So, of course, the coach that's doing the individual training is going to charge more versus the coach that's doing the group. If, if this coach can get you for one hour, and like I said earlier, he charged you $100, and then this coach over here has got eight kids and he's charging $15, he's making money. And they're both making the same, but they just have a different, different way of doing it. So, you know, you may say, oh, I can get the same thing over here. This guy's only charging 15 but this guy's charging 100 There's a reason for that. Okay, he wants the other coach, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but the other coach is wanting more kids because there's a benefit in both. There's a benefit in both, but you have to understand what you're getting. A lot of parents think they're getting the same thing, but they're not. You have to know what you're getting. So in that situation, it could work. You could say, hey, I go over to this coach to get my individual training, my individual one-on-one training. I go to this guy to get up reps to work real hard. I have a I have a guy that, that I have worked with in the past. He was trying to play pro ball. He was working with this guy. He said, eh, he don't really know a whole lot, but I just go to him because I can get a good workout in and get some reps. Anytime he would tell him something, anytime this trainer would tell uh, the, the, the guy I work with something, he would always come back and ask me, hey, this is what he said. Is that right? Does that make sense? So I knew I had enough of an influence and I've given him enough information to understand the difference between what I do and what other people do. So when he was going to him, he would come back and say to me, you know, hey, well, he said to do blah, 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 blah. And I sit there and we talk about it and we kind of talk things through and I say, okay, this is probably what he was trying to get you to understand and what he wanted you to do. So this is what you have to do. Uh, But I had a young girl, same situation. So I get it. And I know that people are going to have multiple trainers, but you have to know what you're looking at. 
and that may be the next episode, uh, understanding what you're looking at when it comes to different trainers. But that is it. This is all I got. Um, you know, having multiple trainers. Is it good to have multiple trainers? Um, so let's go through. Let's do a quick recap. Why would someone want to have multiple trainers? They may not be able to afford their first choice for a trainer. Uh, one might specialize in an area, which could be shooting, ball handling, or, or, or players may play a certain position. Number three, a parent may have a multiple trainers because they have limited access to a trainer. Uh, number four, they may want to hear a different voice. And number five, there's a different type of trainer. So you may have the individual training, the specialized training, or the workout maintenance type training. Uh, some pitfalls or things to be aware of, contradicting information, whether it's talking about shooting or how to play the game or any other skill, actually. Um, number two, the creating of habits. And number three, different vision of developing the player. So we don't want the player uh, to be confused in how they should develop. And then we talk about when is it best to have multiple trainers? I, I think it's best to have multiple trainers when you can get the same training philosophy verbiage all under the same in the same house if you can keep it in house so you may go to xyz training company and they may have two three four trainers and you go to those different trainers but they're all on the same page and they know what you need to do or develop and the other thing that may work out is if you have if you understand what you're looking at and you have one coach that's going to do your development and then you may have another trainer that you're not really trying to learn from per se, but you're going for the workout and you're going for the reps. So that is it for today's show. Hey, again, I'm excited to be back. I hope y'all excited about me being back. I appreciate everyone um, and all my future guests that listen to the show. Um, it's, it's, it's great to be back here and discuss some of these things. So these are some of the things I'm going to be talking about. These are the type of topics I'm going to be talking about. And so, again, share my podcast. Let people know in your circular influence that the podcast is back. Share it. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Five-star rating. Also, follow me on Twitter at NBNBball or at SDP underscore podcast. I'm also on Twitter at NBNBball. Until next time, thank you. God bless.